WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I hope everybody out there is having a fantastic fantastic monday morning guys i have an announcement to make before we get any farther into this i am hereby tendering my resignation from the show from work from school from cutting grass from virtually everything somebody won the lottery i will be i will be dedicating all of my energy and all of my resources into Fortnite. henceforth well, How do you feel about that? that? You're so like behind the times. Like, Dude, remember so yesterday? Like, months ago, I was talking about how I was playing Fortnite on my phone, and I think I called you a nerd. Yeah, I take it all back. Well, I quit now. Doing you it just because you now hurt you're my just feelings. now. I just say you suck at Fortnite. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have been at the uh, World Cup Championship. DeLambert, I'm really disappointed in you right now. What's up, man? Trent Nichols here hasn't been here for uh, three or four weeks. Two. And you didn't even reintroduce him to the show. <laughs> we didn't have any kind of celebration. He's been working his butt off out there. And you may, you just start the show like it's no big deal. I, I was talking about important things. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that Trent rose to that level. Well, you guys know that, you know, before I had my little two weeks of not being able to entertain the people out there you, you haven't been entertaining people you have been not entertaining people for years <laughs> i was just so. sitting behind you guys like a lonely little teenager so that's what it really is this, this is not this has not been a a schedule conflict situation this has been you protesting because we had you sat back at the yeah. kids' table. Robert Bricky disappears for six months, but he comes back and he's the king. And I average about three seconds worth of talk time. How for many four final weeks. fours did you play in? Shoot, how many did he? <laughs> he played in plenty. Well, at least I didn't lose any. Oh Ooh, God, man! Oh, I never lost you. a final four game. Wow, wow! Was wow. that a charge or a, a block? I don't know, but in a in a in a fight. I'm going to take Robert two out of three falls every time oh, against shoot. you. So you better watch your mouth. So would I. I got a hundred bucks on Robert right now. All right. Good night. So Kyle Gearsdorf, better known to the world as Booga. Booga. This kid. What do you do if one of your kids? I've got I've got teenagers at the house. I can't imagine how dangerous they would be with three million dollars. I know how dangerous they are with my credit cards. And I don't have a $3 million limit. Brandon, would you let your 16-year-old kid have control if they were to walk into a $3 million windfall? No. <laughs> no, I mean, I would give them, I'd take them on a like a $1,000 gift, uh, you know, shopping spree. But that kid's going to, either one of my kids is going to thank me so much more later if I like just say no. You're not ready to spend this kind of money. We're going to put it over here in some money market or whatever. There's something that's, you know, kind of safe. And then you're going to thank me later, believe it or not. You know, if you wanted that, well, they're too old now, but if you wanted that tricked out Barbie Jeep, 
You're not getting it right Dude, now. Dude, I might buy a tricked-out Barbie Jeep if, if I won $3 million. <laughs> it better be tricked out to be able to haul your butt up and down the road. It better be super tricked. So, Them uh, plastic wheels are splitting tri- at the seams. If one of your kids won $3 million playing video games, hit the lottery, I guess that that would be kind of illegal. But in, in some form or fashion, came into $3 bucks. what would you do? as the head of household with that money? I think I would have to teach them how to invest it and let them understand. You know, they wouldn't have to worry about money. And then I would pay off my mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me let me hold about 300000 This is for services rendered. <laughs> let me hold, yeah. Let me hold so about here's 300, your 000. bill for the first 16 years of your life that you owed me, plus rent. Interesting. You know uh, the I, football season's already over when DeLambert's got up, his dude. he's got his Reds jersey on all, and I'm seeing highlights of of AJ Green AJ Green, Green on the IR ankle. Uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm, he's I'm, like, oh, let me just put the the Reds jersey back on. Well, now he's got to figure out who he's going to draft first in his fantasy league. Well, you know it's funny because AJ Green has torn a ligament in his ankle. I have drafted him, I think, in the second round the last couple of years. Um, that's probably not in the cards. We'll get to some football. I, I don't to. know how the NFL has snuck up on everybody. You guys realize that the first preseason game is this week. What? Like three days from now. Yeah, Thursday night is is the Hall of Fame game. The Broncos are playing. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. See, you, dude, I'm telling you, the NFL has gone into full-on stealth mode and snuck up on everybody. Joe Flacco making his debut. Yeah, he'll be in there for... A series anyway. So three it, interceptions. If we have the rest of the ep- of, of this show to do football, I'm gonna throw y'all you guys an alley oop that I don't normally throw up there. Okay. So I used to have it, in baseball in every sport when you're like trading or getting rid of somebody, it's all about value, right? I have been uh, I'm famous for having sold Apple stock at twenty nine dollars. Okay. Thought I made some money, bought it at 23, sold it at 29, and you know the rest of the story. Why on God's green earth are the Mets considering trading Noah Syndergaard? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How I'm, did this even happen? I'm throwing some baseball <laughs> at you guys. How did this even happen? Because Trent and I had a conversation about that last night and I didn't put it into our group chat because I didn't feel like hearing you and you're oh my god I'm not even going to come in this morning I'm in a good mood oh. I'm in a good mood I'm throwing a baseball question at you guys wow well he threw us a fastball right okay. down the middle so Noah Syndergaard I think if the Mets decide to deal him you're still selling high I don't think this guy can stay healthy I think that he's a flash in the pan. He's had moments where he is absolutely dominant. But I'm not sold that long-term he's going to be that guy. But they, the, the Mets, and see, I don't know what what you're watching, what you're listening to. They should have been sellers coming up on the, on the Major League Baseball trade, trade deadline, which is only a single deadline now. Which makes all the sense in the world because all my life you've had two trade deadlines, which is bananas, and nobody understands the waiver trade deadline anyway. 
instead of selling, they trade for Marcus Stroman and bring him into an already loaded pitching staff, that's not the Mets' problem. The thought is, well, they brought in Stroman because they're going to deal DeGrom or Syndergaard. Not DeGrom. He's never been mentioned. Oh, he's been mentioned. Wheeler. They're going to end up trading no, listen, Edwin listen, Diaz listen, and listen, Zach listen, Wheeler. Uh, this is what the, I wanted. Zach Wheeler. Thing. I wanted you guys to argue. Zach that's Wheeler why. is that. That's funny that you say that because that's a product of the New York media. This guy's never been healthy, and he comes back, makes one start, and now folks are out there. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, they're going to deal him. Who is going to trade for Zach? They've Wheeler? been talking about trading Zach Wheeler since before the All Star. They break. have been tra- talking about trading Zach Wheeler for three years. And nobody's traded for this guy. Nobody is going to give them any value for a guy that is 10 minutes off the injured list. Well, that's, that's not why gonna they're going to package him with, with their Edwin Diaz, the, the closer and the reliever. Because you know relief pitching is what everybody wants at this time of year. Then why did they make the deal for Stroman? Stroman's a guy they're going to get. This is more than just a rental. To cover Wheeler. Costin, do you see what I did just there? It's not about... Yeah, you like it. It's not about the baseball. It's just that that's the easiest way to get these guys into an argument is bring up a baseball topic, and they just go at each other like stray cats. So, so, so Trent, tell me in, in 500 words or less what the Mets are doing here. Okay, either A, they're like that guy in fantasy football that drafts three or four quarterbacks hoping that they can trade for other pieces later. They just basically took the top two people on the trade block at the deadline and sucked them in. A, they're only, what, six games out of the wild card, Six games out of the wild card. So hypothetically, they could go all in. They could go all in and make the playoffs. Okay? That's one way to look at it. B, if you look at all the deals they've done, they've depleted their minor league prospects so much that they can use Wheeler and Diaz as bait to try to replenish what they've lost the last two years in their minor leagues. Okay. The problem, but they're not going to get rid of Syndergaard yet. In a vacuum, and in days gone by, you say, well, they're six games out of the wild card. The problem is... They're only six games out of first I, in their division. I, look, they're 11 and a half back in their division. Check your eyes. They're 11 and a half games behind the Braves. The Braves are at 62 and 44. The Mets are five games under 500. They're six games back in the wild card, but they've got half a dozen teams they have to climb over for the wild card. And and looking taking at these team taking these teams at face value, the chances that the Mets are going to catch somebody like the Giants or the Nats is I'm, ludicrous. I'm it's looking, not going to happen, Trent. I'm looking at the records. They're almost as bad as the Reds. Well, so they're not going anywhere. Well, Cincinnati does get the alibi. They're playing in the toughest division in baseball. And the Reds after getting out to a 1 and 8 start have played good baseball. The Reds are in a situation where they don't know if they're buyers or sellers. I don't understand their position either. They've got Yasiel Puig, Scooter Jeanette, Derek Dietrich, Rysel Iglesias, Tanner Rourke, five or six guys that they could deal for future assets if they can find a taker. 
But bringing in a guy at the level of, like we were talking about, Marcus Stroman. Stroman's got one year left of control after this season. I just don't get this move by the Mets. You say it's to cover the hole they're about to create, Trent. I I don't get it. What do you think the odds? And, and I'm going to assume that Wheeler is not the deal because they're not going to get premium value for Wheeler. It's not going to happen. Syndergaard should bring in a nice haul if they deal him. What do you think the odds that Noah Syndergaard is dealt before the trade deadline? I think it's pretty strong, and I don't think he's leaving New York. So you think he's a Yankee? Yeah. Speaking of teams. From what I have seen, currently, I think he's a Yankee. The Mets played the White Sox, Pittsburgh, and Miami the next nine games. They have to pretty much go 5-1 and one the next six games. All right, we'll talk about that some more, and we'll talk about something that's actually interesting. You're listening Please. to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. From the Cheap Seats, we'll be right back. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads? Let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. 
One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats, a bunch of guys who have never been fired from ESPN. All right, welcome back. We're talking a little baseball this morning on From the Cheap Seats, which might be a surprise to everybody. Um, if you're not surprised just by the fact that we're talking baseball, the fact that we're not trashing baseball right now is uh, probably a real, real surprise. Um, Noah Syndergaard is likely the big piece to be dealt at the deadline here. You say the Yankees. Isn't that so sort of cliched? I mean, if this were soccer, it'd be Manchester United. Um, The Yankees, there's an interesting stat. The Yankees have, have sputtered the last little bit after they went and tried to run away and hide from the rest of the division. I'm going to throw a stat out there for you. Going into into yesterday, Trent, the Yankees over the last 10 games had allowed 70, more than 70 runs and more than 20 home runs over a 10-game stretch. First time in Major League history that had happened. Hmm. In the same week, Mookie Betts goes for three home runs in a single game, was the fourth player to do that in a row. In back to back to back days, to back. somebody had hit to back. Somebody had hit four home runs. Can we all just agree that Major League Baseball is now men's softball? Yeah, except anybody except beer in the uh, dugout. Um, oh, there's beer in the dugouts. Do they still have beer? I thought there was a big deal with the you know they had the chicken and the beer in the clubhouse. No, I'm just mad. You in know, Cleveland. back in the day, I miss I miss cigarettes in the clubhouse. Yeah, I, I miss Jim Leland out there yeah, right on a smoke. Jim Leland sneaking a, a cigarette in the, in the tunnel. You know, speaking check of, on him. I love it. Speaking of making baseball more interesting, why do you not see? I know in minor leagues, tobacco use is prohibited. In the major leagues, you still and I'm I'm looking at Syndergaard right now. His hair is, is absolutely the, fabulous. Is it the best hair in baseball, or is it the worst hair in baseball? I think it's some of the best. It just flows out there. Like, well, it, all these pitchers with no long hair—they're just so boring. The, the, like the long flowing locks I would, draws me in. I would venture to say that when it's not in a ponytail, it's among the best hair in baseball. When he wraps it into a ponytail, that's that's a little too much for me. Um, and I think. I honestly believe that there's sort of value in a pitcher having long hair because it's one more thing flying around that's distracting the batter as they throw it. You, Trenton, you remember back in the day, you couldn't even wear a necklace because it might distract the batter. Yeah, you know anything. And now we're to the point where they're like, just throw it up there because the ball's so hard. If I touch this thing, it's going to be a home run. It doesn't matter. To grow your stupid hair out. Wear your stupid medallions. It doesn't matter. I'm going to hit a home run. Why is it a big deal that Trevor Bauer threw that ball in the center field? Dude. And look at, watch the guy on the replay if you can. Watch the guy on second flinch. Like he was throwing the yeah. ball at him. No, my favorite one was the catcher <laughs> trying to cover for him because Terry Francona was coming out of the dugout. For those of you that didn't see it, Trevor Bauer, 
who is another guy who's been rumored to be all He'll over be the, the Yankees for the, last, <laughs> for the last two years. Now, when I originally heard about this story, Trevi, Trevor Bauer throwing the baseball up into the stands, I was envisioning him being in the outfield. No, he sir. steps off the mound. Yeah, and throws it. this thing out of the. Over the fence. Yes. He got fined $6 by the Major League Baseball for throwing a ball in that's, the fence. That's hysterical. $6. But Trevor Bauer gets shelled in the first in the first inning. Francona's coming to get him. And before Francona can get to the mound, instead of holding on to the ball and giving it to the manager, he chunks it over the center field wall. And you're right. The second baseman, like, flinches. <laughs> and I listened to the Kansas City Royals play-by-play guys and they were like oh he could have hit somebody with that ball dude it was hysterical but my favorite part of it is that the catcher calls for another ball before the manager gets out there he's like trying to cover for him like uh what do we do now so i'm gonna call for another ball so he has one to hand for hand to francona that was my favorite part of that whole and that's what's wrong with baseball though is that this is a story dude do you know how many times i like in pickup games that i straight up Hunted a basketball into the woods. <laughs> and, I mean, it's not a it's not a major story. Dude got frustrated because he gets absolutely bombed. I loved it, and then he he just gets frustrated. Like he why, might why be my you? new favorite pitcher of all time. Trevor Bauer is an interesting character, and the Indians look to be sellers. They've gotten hot. Bauer's probably staying where he's at. Of course, something like that. Francona was hot. Yeah. Hot. If you read he, his lips. He, he generally is a uh, a player's coach. He not, was like, "What are you doing?" That's not the what he. Yeah, terms. that's not what he said. That's what he meant on the podcast. You'll hear the real quote. Co- yeah, it was a little more <laughs> colorful. Yeah, um, I mean, but st- still. But like, you're a fan, Brandon, of of throwing the ball over the center field wall. I just like to see some emotion. Baseball's got so many unspoken rules, dude. It's so boring. You know the nuance. The nuance of the game, you know. I mean, I get so sick of that. So I like to hear, I like to see emotion. I mean, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I mean, that's what's so cool about bench clearing brawls, man. And we had somebody. We have a fan. Actually, I'll go ahead and tell you who it is. Stephen Scully at Applied Graphics. He gave me a gift for our our um, ribbon cutting, and he said, "I love the idea of cheetahs in the outfield." So he listens to us. Um, anything that makes baseball more interesting, I think, is a good thing. It's going to take more than cheetahs in the outfield. Yeah. It's going to take cheetahs in the outfield. It's going to take more than the juice balls. Are Maybe a right. It, I'm going to tell you, the juice balls are the worst part of this. I talked to somebody the other day who 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 has the answer. Absolutely has the answer. If you want to make baseball exciting, make the outfield walls 25 feet. Put a green monster in every every park in the country. There's nothing more exciting than an inside-the-park home run, right? In this day and age, you're not going to see that anymore because they're playing in these little band boxes. So unless somebody falls and, and you know wipes out out in the outfield and the ball rolls past them and whatever, you're not going to see anything like that. Put the Keep the ball in play. That's where I'm at with that. Yeah, but I mean, then I think you're going to lose participation if you do that because participation from whom? No kids aren't playing baseball anyway. Kids, well, okay, yeah. well, if they're not playing anyway, that's fine. But I will say I've like scored a touchdown before as a kid. I've hit many home runs. Believe it or not, I actually was I don't a pretty believe good baseball it. player. Um, and soccer, there's the scoring a goal, scoring a touchdown, and a home run. I feel like are almost equally 
in terms of the adrenaline that you get when you do it. And if you take the home run out of the game, man, oh, my gosh. I'm not trying to take it out of the game. I'm trying to make it meaningful again. I mean, you know, you did all that in sports as a kid, right? Right. You know who did something cooler than that? Booga. Almost all people. (laughs) Booga, who said, "I I see your home run. I see the goal. I score the touchdown. I got $3 million, dude, for, for playing, playing a video, video game. game. Uh, I think they should put a speed limit on the pitching. What? If you go over in the strike zone, <laughs> if you go over 85 miles an hour, then that doesn't count as a strike. I think I have a job in the MLB now because I can throw it's it like under 60 miles an hour. When you go into the pit, you can't throw it at a certain spot. If it's up by your head... If it's more than 85 miles an hour at the person's head, then that's an automatic walk. Isn't, isn't drag racing governed like that? Isn't there you, – you're, you're racing head-to-head, but you're only allowed to go so fast, and if you exceed that limit, you lose it? I, am, I, am I correct with I that? I have no idea. Do they still drag race? Yeah, of Never course they do. Of it. No. That's another sport that nobody cares about. Costin, you know obscure things about obscure sports. So in drag racing, am I right? Is Are they governed on their top speed? He has no idea. Uh, he says he thinks so. Um, fear of blowing up the engine apparently is the rationale. That's the only reason I go is for the fights and the blow up of the engine. Right? That's the other thing, dude. Fights. We'll see. That's the, but nothing's better than a good baseball fight, not fight. Why do, why do we not let them fight anymore? They should be able to fight. And, I mean, I understand your pitcher not want – you're not wanting your pitcher to fight, but I think what would be awesome is – and many times, like we've talked before, um, Trent, you get a designated fighter and they just kind of get some eye contact. So maybe it's your right fielder and he's looking at the batter and they just charge at each other. I don't like think it has to distance. be – You know what? I don't think it has to be anything that's that's – Organic. Should be the first baseman. Well, think about it. Think boys. about this. Right now, throughout history, we have determined which team is going to bat first and which one's going to bat last based on who the home team is, right? That seems reasonable, but there is a distinct advantage to batting last. Well, when you get to the playoffs, it's kind of arbitrary. You know, you get to the World Series – we went through this whole thing. Remember when the All-Star game de- determined who yeah. the home team in the World Series was? How about at the beginning of each World Series game, each team sends one player out behind second base, and they fight for it, UFC style? Hmm. It's too good of an idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just too good. Like if th- That's the thing. I, I don't think anything... I, was I would sign McGregor as my shortstop. Right. One of my favorite segments on the Dan Lebertard show is Timmy Kirchin. Am I pronouncing his name right? Kirchin, yeah. Kirchkin. No, you, you had it. You had it right Kirchin. the first time. Well, then <laughs> yeah. stop messing then me up, Chris. No, okay, well, he said the thing that will fix baseball, because he literally had a caller, and uh, he said, how do you fix baseball? Like, I mean, how, I mean how, how do you fix it? And he goes, well, you get players, you get batters to put the ball into play. Kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. And how in the heck do you do that? Because I know if I'm getting paid millions of dollars to score runs, I want to swing for the fence. Like, So how do you train a player? What is the one thing you could do to have a baseball player, a hitter, put the ball into play? What's one thing you could do outside of like raising the 
you know, having the outfield wall like the Great Wall of China. There's there's a lot of things. One, you could you could outlaw shifts, which I think is a, a scary notion. Two, do what I said and add a twenty twenty five foot fence in the outfield. Um, what, what was Tim Kirkchen's answer? Th- that's it. He said what you need to do is have players put the ball into play. Well, he had no... But, but Brandon, here's the thing, is that most of these guys are capable of hitting the ball the other way. They're capable of dropping a bunt down when the shift is in place. However, it's the culture of baseball where it has become acceptable to be a home run only type guy where they're and they get three distinct outcomes strike out walk home run that's acceptable now in days gone by had this been the climate of major league baseball adam dunn might have been the greatest baseball player of all time adam dunn was this guy three outcomes before it was a thing and now these guys are up there, and there are no repercussions. There is no stigma that comes with striking out three or four times in a single game. Mark Reynolds bats for like 175 a year, but hits like 30 home runs and strikeouts like 400 times. I, think I know he, the solution. I fixed the, baseball. Go ahead. Shirts and skins. <laughs> Before I, the game, you decide who's going to be shirts, who's going to be skins. The attendance for the ladies would skyrocket. I think you make I, I don't Ichiro. think that's right, and I'll tell you why on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Chief Seats in Central skins, North baby. Carolina. Uh, Write it down. It's going to be a long day. The Cheap Seats is a production of Cheap Seat Media, LLC. Broadcast locally on WFJA 105.5 FM. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. You're listening.
listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio or visit us at www.cheapseatradio.com. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent A. Nichols in the house. And we're watching TV some days up in her. And um, there's a there's a headline running across the ticker on ESPN right now that Chad Thomas and Farrell Brown of the Cleveland Browns got into a little ruckus, a little scuffle in training camp, and they're critical of Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens, who's never coached at any level as the head guy. He's been in many kitchens, though. And, and they're, they're criticizing him because he had the entire team run sprints as punishment for the fight, I don't understand the criticism, to be honest, because I don't care if you're playing Pop Warner football. I don't care if you're playing high school football for Lonnie Cox at Union Pines and he makes you run sprints. A grown man playing in the NFL, it doesn't matter. Nobody wants to run sprints. So why not? We probably, as a justice system in the country, would do better if we had people run sprints as punishment. Can you imagine getting pulled over for speeding? And the cop was like, all right, on the line. Yeah. I'd ten, be like, no. Ten suicides. Oh, my God, no. I swear I'll never speed again. About, no, no, no. Ten suicides. No. No, I can't do it. it, it I, know, about I think 30 seconds. Kitchens. About 30 seconds into it, he'd be like, all right, prayer for judgment. Because he would see me just struggling. Right? Like, I'll get out trying to. Try to run sprints. Dude, I think it's an amazing idea. I think when idea. you get to the NFL le- level, he probably lost half the team just doing that right there. Well, that that seems to be the criticism is they're like, are you kidding me? What, am I a child? I don't know. You ask, am I a child? And these two guys that are on the roster bubble are fighting in training camp. Um, when you pay when you pay a group so much money, like – when, if I'm making $70 million over three or four years, are you going to tell me to run sprints? When I got people like cleaning my house, I have, I have maids, I have a staff that just works on my house, and you're going to tell me to run a sprint? Come on now. And I'm just speaking from – I'm not saying that's me. Well, that's, I, I get the value in running people. It's just like our coach from Union Ponds. Like he says, yeah, it's, Lonnie, you get on the line. Lonnie Cox? Was that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, get on the line get on the line but i think you get to a level when these cats are getting paid so much money now you might have somebody trying to make the team right now that would be like all right how much do you want me to run but like these established guys i didn't see baker mayfield running uh it said all 90 players <laughs> lined up and ran and baker mayfield you know I, it'd be interesting i'd be interested to see their reaction in terms of how much effort went in there because i'll tell you i have coached you sports as you have brandon mm-hmm and I think it tells a lot about what you've got going on with your squad when you line up and run sprints. And I've run sprints as punishment before mm-hmm. as to who's running and who's just going through the motions. Um, there's a message, fair or, or, or not, about you know the fitness level, about the willingness to go the extra mile, all of that stuff. Interesting. But, yeah, Odell Beckham, I, I can't see him being real excited about lining up and running sprints because some knucklehead's gotten a fight. At training camp, of course, training camp fights are are how they are. Either you guys ever been to training camp for any no, extended period? No, no, no. It gets a little chippy. You got those guys down at the bottom of the roster; they're out there trying to prove a point. And they're not going to back down from anybody. And oftentimes, what you'll see is a guy that's on the bubble 
you know, some undrafted free agent that'll he'll try to wrap up somebody that's at the bottom of the roster and established veteran just to, you know, show them what's up. It's interesting. But training camp is in full swing for for the NFL. Couple of big storylines that have fantasy implications. And I know fantasy football is king in terms of, of you know, recreational gambling in America. Uh, Todd Gurley is off crutches. That's huge. <laughs> I'm asking you guys, as as avid fantasy football players, the reports coming out of camp with the with the Rams are that Gurley is looking explosive, like he never got hurt. Like where, he, like he never was hurt. Where is see? You're still on that train. Well, I mean, the was. dude was on crutches until yesterday, and you're like, he wasn't hurt. <laughs> that was McVeigh <laughs> trying to be like the smartest person in the room. Mm. Okay. I, my question is, what is the right number in terms of overall draft picks to take Gurley? In the last couple of years, he's been a top three pick. This year, where is the safe spot? At I, what point does Gurley get drafted where you're like, too high, can't trust him? I think that you wait for some other sucker to to draft him and then offer him a horrible pick and they accept it. And that's how you see. That's really. still a sore spot with me, and I will shut this show down if you bring that back up and invoke that. For those of you that don't know, and I'm going to just put the dirt out there for everybody. Brandon Atkins last year in our fantasy league, which is a hotly contested big money league, gave his brother a bag of footballs. For Todd Gurley midseason last year. Deflated football. Deflated footballs with holes in them. Tom Brady, picked up Tom like Tom Brady couldn't even throw them. Against the will of the entire league and rode that to a championship. No, I didn't. And still I is lost. trying to justify that, that trade. He didn't win the championship. Oh, that's right. He didn't. The oh, yeah. He karma. went out. Oh, yeah. He didn't. Football karma got him. Oh, yeah. Because Gurley didn't play yeah, all the Yeah, our commish, who I like, send to hockey games on the regular tipped my opponent off and hooked him up with a star running out of the left field running back and that's I, how I nobody lost. knows what you're talking about dude you, i got robbed nobody nobody knows what you're talking about this dude traded nothing for todd Gurley, and now he's complaining about something somebody else did it's unbelievable how that goes but you still haven't asked him answer my question top five you would take him top five yeah man yeah, i mean me too as long as mcveigh doesn't lose his i probably mind wouldn't take him issue. first but I would take him if I was second, third, fourth, or fifth pick. I would take him. Tell me, tell me this, Chris. At what point during the Super Bowl when Gurley was given the ball, did he look like he needed to be on crutches? I mean, at what point? My 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 thing is is that you got McVeigh was reading his own headlines. It's like oh, I want to mix all this trick offense in here. Look, look, there's Madison Bumgarner. That's another good head of hair right there. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you take before you take Gurley? Is Zeke Elliott the best running back in the NFL right now? Well, I guess the big question with Zeke is, is Zeke going to be ready to go week one? Um, what's going on with the contract there? I think if Zeke is healthy because you've still got Dak Prescott at quarterback, I think Zeke probably is the best value in terms of you know what you're looking at in terms of touches, I, I I take Zeke over anybody to be honest. Hmm. But for me, 
I think Gurley is down the board significantly at this point. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at CBS Sports rankings right now. Wow! Look and then let's that. let's take a dive into this. They've got Zeke at number one in terms of running backs. Um, that's the consensus across the board, and Saquon Barkley at number two. Any problems with that? No. You, so you're you're definitely got these guys slotted above Gurley this year, correct? Then you've got Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara at three, which is less of a slam dunk. Can I throw something out there real quick about Barkley? Sure. I'm a little afraid of him this year. Why? Because they got nothing else. Yeah. They got absolutely Golden Tate's their number one receiver, and he and just he's got suspended. hurt. Or no, suspended. suspended. But what you're taking Barkley for is not Barkley to hit four and a half yards of carry, four and a half yards of carry. It's the catch and run. It's the one big play. You're taking him for the explosive plays, and having weapons around him I don't know has that much negative impact. I don't know that I'd be willing to take Barkley as the second back in a draft, but that's what you're taking him for is is that that home run ability – yeah, they're gonna. That offense is gonna be bad, and it begs the question: At what point is Daniel Jones gonna make his debut for the for the Giants? The Giants, Dave Gettleman has to anoint Daniel Jones the starter at some point this year. You can't draft him that high and sit in the entire year. And I don't think even the biggest Giant fan is is trying to delude themselves that the Giants are gonna be any good this year. So Daniel Jones will see the field. The Giants situation is a little more complicated though because they don't their bye weeks not until week 11. And in a lot of cases what you see is okay, going into the bye week, we've got that extra week of preparation. Let's get this kid ready and see well, what he's That's where got. you do it. You give Eli until week 11. And if they're way out of the hunt, then you put Daniel Jones in to finish but the year. But by week 11, you've only got six games Who cares? Left, and you're playing football this meaningless. Just think oh, well, about what I we're talking about. It gives them six if, games to prepare. I feel bad for Eli Manning because if he was playing anywhere else in the country, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. This dude's got two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. And because it's New York and everything's under a magnifying glass, this guy doesn't know. This dude who's got as many Super Bowl rings as Peyton Manning doesn't know if he's going to be playing in week seven. That's he's, just well, so the sad. Thing that happened to Joe Flacco. years old, dude. He's not Joe Flacco last year old. lost it to Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to pull he was up. injured. I don't want to pull, be like stat geek on the radio, but I could pull up some stats on the Eli Manning right now that would blow your minds. What? Please do, and you've got the entire no break way. to do it. We'll see you on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WFJA 105.5 FM right here in Central North Carolina. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio or visit us at www.cheapseatradio.com. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 
Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrity's on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, sports talk radio that won't make your ears bleed. All right, so we're, we're talking about fantasy football right now and trying to sort of figure out where Todd Gurley is in the hierarchy of backs in the NFL. I don't care what kind of league you play in. The highest value in today's game is is on running backs. And if you don't understand that, you're probably not very good at fantasy football. And the reason for that is is there's so many teams that sort of do it by committee, guys that don't get touches. If you've got one of those top six or seven backs in any, in any given year, you're a leg up on the competition. Everybody is, – is there anybody in the room that disagrees that Zeke Elliott is the number one back in the league for fantasy football? No, I agree 100%. Trent, you down? Yeah. So the conversation going to the break was about Saquon Barkley. I get the reason there's such premium on Barkley's value. And you guys said, well, he doesn't have anything around him. Well, that's why you're assured he's going to get as many touches as he does. And there's enough home run ability there. Big play potential. Barkley at two. I'm kind of out there. Alvin Kamara comes in at three. He's sort of a consensus three this year, and that's usually what happens is we usually have a consensus top three. There may be some that prefer one versus the other. The question with Kamara is he doesn't have Mark Ingram to fall back on this year. This is the first year of Kamara's career where he is the guy. Now, he plays in an offense that's going to spread the ball around. 
he will get those little swing passes. He's going to get the screens. He's going to run the ball 10, 15 times a game. There will be weeks where he has 25 carries. Kamara at three, I think, is a bigger question mark for me even than Saquon Barkley. Brandon, how do you feel about Kamara coming into 2019? I think Kamara better pray that Michael Thomas gets a contract. I think it'll happen. I mean, I think they're what, just... What, the Thomas contract? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a done deal. Um, but that's to my point. Like, I mean, you need to the, the ability to, for the ball to be spread around the field in order to have a successful running game. And I go no further than the number five pick on this list. I'm looking at your list right now, David Johnson. Now, this dude was like the number all number one all pick two years ago or something like that. But Arizona's garbage. So what did they do? They stacked the box. And that's what I'm afraid of. I know Barkley can catch the ball, but I think David Johnson can catch the ball a little bit too. I'm just worried that they're going to put eight men in the box. Or as many men they can, maybe all 11 in the box. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, but, the thing with David Johnson and, and his possible resurgence this year is all about Cliff Kingsbury and that offense out there in Arizona. Because I don't know many things for certain. But I know that Arizona is going to throw the ball around the yard like they're crazy. That air raid, they're going to be running a play every seven seconds. And just by virtue of the pace and the style they play, there's going to be more touches for everybody. Kingsbury has said their offense is going to go through David Johnson. David Johnson might be the biggest boom or bust candidate on this entire list when you're talking in terms of top-tier running backs. What do you think about Bell? I, I, wait, 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 you stop the presses. That's why y'all don't get to drive this train. Y'all, how are we going to go past we're doing a, a show from the middle of North Carolina and we're going to ignore the fact that Christian McCaffrey is a top five back in the league. And my point with McCaffrey who is I would take McCaffrey number two behind Zeke Elliott. And for anybody that's in my league that's listening, I've just tipped my hand. Christian McCaffrey in today's day and age in in the types of offenses that are run the fact that cam's not going to be able to wing the ball down the field you know 40 and 50 yards at a time because they're going to they're going to keep that under control with his shoulder issues i think christian mccaffrey's got as much value as anybody and will be worth about what brandon overdrafted him two years ago but christian mccaffrey relative to the top five guys i draft all players a year too early that, that is that's a tendency that you have. And then you just, you know, offer your brother crazy trades while he's, you know, a couple adult beverages in. And it's all good. Well, having in an he, Oakland Raiders jersey <laughs> at well, the I, Hurricanes I game. The only thing about he's Raiders posting jersey. pictures of, look how my brother hooked me up. And then five minutes in a Raiders after, jersey. We get the. <sighs> well, I'll tell you what, though. The only, the only knock on McCaffrey, and he got better last year, is that he's tough. He's a tough play in the red zone, and you guys might be looking at me all crazy, like, but I like had him for an entire year. He's he's best when he's cracking something from like the forty yards away, but when you get into the red zone, he has a tendency to get bottled up a little bit just because of his size. Did you well, see his it, arms though? It, this year? Yeah, he is he is pretty juiced, dude. Um, here's the the thing that I say about McCaffrey that I thought you were going with that. Yeah, he has a tendency to get bottled up. He's a scat back. But the other piece, too, is that he's playing in an offense who has a gigantic mobile quarterback who will 
jack some of those short touchdown runs away yeah. from him because and he that, adds an element that that other teams don't have. So that is probably a consideration with McCaffrey. But McCaffrey appears like a guy that can stay healthy. He's as fast as his uh, uh, as his fans thought he was coming out of college. There were a lot of folks, and it was, you know, it was a stereotype thing. Oh, he's a white running back. He can't be that fast. I think he's shown that. He's elusive. He can catch the ball. He is a complete back, and he's the only game in town for the Panthers coming out of the backfield this year. I love what McCaffrey's potential is for this year. I think, I'm a fearless prediction, that in a day and age where we have quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks sort of have a monopoly on the MVP award, there's always one running back that crashes the party, whether it's Lev Bell, Todd Gurley, whomever over the last four or five years. I think that running back this year is Christian McCaffrey. And I think he will be in the conversation as a top five MVP candidate because I don't think Cam is going to light it up this year. I think Cam is hurt long term. I think we're going to see the downside of Cam's career starting right now if we didn't already see it begin last year. Did you see people losing their minds because he threw the ball a whole 30 yards last week? I mean, oh my gosh, he's back. He threw it 30 yards. Dude, this dude... I, w- I have to see his arm before I believe it, like I, on a regular basis. Look, I here's the thing. And what did I say last year, Chris? What time is it in terms of the Cam well, Newton? It, you, you, you're you completely crazy when Game you say that. Well, they ought to just trade him. Nobody wants to trade for Cam Newton. No, Nobody I'm just saying trade. I'm talking about moving on. Moving on. But, but you say we're going to move on from Cam Newton. If starting quarterbacks in the NFL were easy to find – Everybody just do it. It's the same conversation that Dallas is having right now. They're like, well, you know, Dak Prescott's not a top 10 quarterback. He shouldn't get paid like it. Okay, don't pay Dak Prescott and let him walk. Well, who, who are you going to put in there? When I said that, it was before the draft. You know what I mean? They could have done something before the draft. Dallas has, like, it might as well be the three of us who backs up Dak Prescott. I mean, I don't, I don't know their names right off the top of my head right now, but they got absolute garbage in terms of backup quarterback. So does so their leverage? So do Twenty eight teams in the league. There aren't quarterbacks in waiting very many places. But I mean, if you're if you're an athletic quarterback, the, but my only point is that if you're an athletic quarterback who they're already slowing down and keeping into the box because you know you you can't be an athletic quarterback for very long your career is not going to be that long if you rely on your legs that much but then if you can't throw the ball more than he you saw it last year he labored cam newton labored to throw the ball like 20 yards down the field and if he's not right then i feel like man well before the national media caught up to it i said three or four weeks before anybody else wanted to listen cam newton was obviously hurt and you said, well, I have to see him do it before I'm back on that train. I'm not sure that what I see from Cam Newton in week one, two, or three has anything to do with whether he's he's fixed or not. Andrew Luck last year came back from his shoulder injury and through the first 10, 12 weeks of the season was back. He was Andrew Luck again. And then by the time the end of the season rolled around and that shoulder was fatigued and it had been weakened, he wasn't the same guy. Am I, am I right or wrong, Trent? Uh, no, he uh, he faded a little bit, but I think he showed that I think this year is going to be his year. He's probably back in the top three of uh, quarterbacks. You said top three? Yeah, Andrew Luck. Wow, that's, that's a may bold be, statement. 
by the end of the year, the best fantasy quarterback in the league. Interesting. I don't know that I like his weapons enough to say he might be top three. Um, Frank Reich is certainly a guy that's going to have the ball, you know, flying all over the field. Um, I like Luck. I like Luck. I don't know that I'm willing to go top three on him, though. Well, I'll tell you, sticking with the running backs right now because they're at a premium. I'm looking at your list right now. I think Zeke Elliott's clear number one. I think if I didn't pick Barkley at number two, everybody in the league would clown me all year long. So it's kind of like a pressure pick. Well, let me ask you this question you, before you let me ask you this question before you get off Saquon Barkley. So let's assume for the sake for for the sake of argument that Barkley is the number two back. Mm-hmm. Do you consider taking Pat Mahomes at two behind Zeke Elliott? No, I've never been a big take a quarterback. If you remember the guy who won the le- no, did he win the league? One, I think he won our league again last year. He picked up Pat Mahomes as an afterthought, yeah, but- and it was such a lucky pick. But I have a feeling that, well, I just through experience, a lot of times people who target quarterbacks early struggle all year long because you know it's I somebody. Mean, it, that it's a matter get- of it, it's a matter of getting it right because over you know there were years where if you took Aaron Rodgers in the first round because for a couple of years he was that guy that was going to be in there. There were before that it was Peyton Manning. You you got to at some point admit that okay, there's going to be one quarterback who, in terms of fantasy point value, is head and shoulders above everybody. Now, if you're a guy and you're just like, I'm not taking a quarterback that early, that's fine. Um, is there any quarterback that you would consider taking above Barkley? My understanding of what you just said is that you would not. No, I'm not. Okay, and I, I'm I'm gonna hit y'all with something that's not very sexy here, but it's effective because it's a system running back. Is I take Con- Connor at number three, dude. I pass over Kamara. Com- I take Connor out of Pittsburgh because he's a system back, dude. That team's well put together. And you saw Le'Veon Bell who? Like, the guy is not Le'Veon Bell in terms of what he can do with the football, but he did just fine. And I, I, As much as it pains me to say this, you're absolutely right. And Pittsburgh, what they have shown over the years – is they're going to plug somebody in. You go back to guys like Willie Parker out of UNC. Fast Willie Parker was in there for a few years, got it done. Le'Veon Bell wasn't you know, supposed to be a world beater coming out of college. You plug him in, he does it. Last year, James Conner, you plug him in, and people kept trying to say, well, yeah, he's not Le'Veon Bell. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Um, okay. I you mean, you look at the production, you look at that offense in total – you know, the one thing that Connor didn't do that, that Lev Bell did was he didn't command quite as many catches. But now you subtract Antonio Brown from that offense. I'm not sure that the backs don't pick up more catches. So I agree with you. James Connor might be he, a, a value in that top five. And you got a couple of tight ends over there that are block, like can block a lot. So, I mean. Um, well, it's the AFC North. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have smash mouth football going on. Um, at some point, they're going to play bad weather games, and they're just going to hand the ball to Connor thirty times. So I, I, I see what you're doing there with the uh, with the value on Connor. Let's finish this discussion up. We'll do about fifteen more minutes on running backs, and then we'll do something else. Who knows? Stay tuned to From the Cheap Seats. We'll be right back. I don't know what we'll talk about, but it'll be cool. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. 
We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ed Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun. But they can be dangerous, too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Listening to From the Cheap Seats, National Sports with a Carolina Twist. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. It's 10 o'clock locally. It seems like it's one in the afternoon. I don't know how this sometimes you know we get into we get into this and two or three segments in, I'm like, oh my God. This is going forever. Um, and then there's other days where I'm like, oh, we're out of time. It's amazing. I don't know. Time is relative. That's a conversation for a TED Talk or something, though. That's a really deep yeah, I don't topic know. right I there. really did. We, we don't typically get that deep on the show. As bro. deep as it sounds. So, Lev Bell um, with the New York Jets. 
my feeling with Le'Veon Bell is that they're going to have to get their money's worth out of him. I expect a zillion touches for him, and I expect him to be this, the, the safety valve for Sam Darnold in year two. Um, I think Le'Veon the the quote-unquote experts have got him down at around the eight or nine line in terms of value amongst backs. I'd have to bump him up a little bit. Uh, the question I'm going to pose for you guys is David Johnson, Lev Bell, if they're the clearly – if you get down and none of the none of the top four or five backs are available, which of those two guys are you taking at that pick, Trent? You going Lev Bell, you going David Johnson? Oh. Two guys with big questions. Oh, I really think Bell might be a workhorse. I don't I don't know, man. I guess I'd have to go with David Johnson. Okay. Brandon? <laughs> I'll be so happy to take your money again, Trent, this next year because I'm taking Love Bell all day long, bro. It's not like it's a wide receiver switching teams where, you you know, you, you might be in a new system and stuff like that, but all, all I got to do as a quarterback is get the ball from my hands and put it in your bread basket, and then you take off. And Lev Bell has proven to be one of the most effective backs that has, has played the game recently, and he can catch the ball. Well, the, the question I have with Lev Bell is in Pittsburgh, employing that running style that he does, that patient, I'm going to dance, 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 dance. Unlike anything we've ever seen in terms of patience, I wonder what that's going to look like with a, with, with an offensive line in front of him that is not as good as he is accustomed to in Pittsburgh. That's the that's the question I have with Lev Bell. The fact that he catches the ball so effectively and that the Jets are relatively limited in terms of weapons, I think I'm taking Lev Bell over David Johnson. Well, and he you can line the guy up in the slot. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of my point. Is that the catches are going to be there for Lev Bell, whether it's out of the backfield, in the slot, lined up out wide. He, he's a Swiss Army knife. You can do a million things with him, and the other piece of that is there are backs out there who kind of want to manage their workload. Love Bell wants the ball as often as he can touch it. He said 500 times. Yeah, we'll see about all that. And, you know, that goes to point. Remember how what a villain he was made to be last year? Because he was really the only game in town that held out last year for a significant time. Now you have about five notable skill position players holding out and nobody's saying that they're bad guys you know what i mean and he is he's actually been smart because this dude knows what the lifespan is of a of a running back and a lot of people will like will say well he left a lot of money on the table well he did well but the thing about it is he basically kept a year of his life and his legs and all that on his body and and is now playing for a different situation because i think it was more as much about getting away from big ben as saving his body, but now you got Michael Thomas, you got Melvin Gordon, you got all these players potentially holding out, and nobody's making a big deal. Well, I don't think Michael Thomas has has come out and said, let's not put Michael Thomas in that box. First of all, understand that Michael Thomas, as a second round pick, was not making the kind of cache that Lev Bell was. Lev Bell with the franchise tag was was going to make more money in a season than most of us see in our lifetime. Michael Thomas playing for relative peanuts and yeah i'm not going to show up to camp nobody wants to be in camp these established guys there's no value in michael thomas being in all of training camp with this the the new orleans saints in fact if aj green had this to do over again uh he wouldn't be in camp because for those of you that don't know he's torn 
a ligament in his ankle. This is a guy that's having lower body problems far too often already. Now he's out at least through week one. And he's in a situation where the Bengals are putting in a brand new system. He needs every rep he can get. He's not going to get him now. He's in a contract year. This could not have come at a worse time for the Cincinnati Bengals. And how'd he hurt it? How'd he hurt himself? Making a catch. On his own field. What do you mean? <laughs> have you seen the new report? They're, they're I, I blaming the, they're talking they're about blaming the, the turf. Well, I'm I'm looking at it and and it I, They're I, saying that there was rocks on the field. Which which begs the question. We were talking about Freddie Kitchens earlier with new head coaches. Um that's one of those things that you wonder how much that played in it. They were playing in Dayton at, at UD on their practice facility. And after the fact, Tyler Boyd and some other Bengals came out and said that the field was unacceptable. My question is, Zach Taylor, a brand-new head coach, doing his thing for the first time round, would this have been different if this was a seasoned coach who was like, I'm not putting my players out there on that? And, and that's something we'll never know. They're blaming the field. I've watched video of the play. doesn't appear like there was any misstep or anything. It looks like he just hurt himself. Um, and I've seen A.J. Green just hurt himself several times over the course of the last couple of years. So uh, who knows? One way or the other, the Bengals have a big problem. Now, luckily for them, they have Tyler Boyd that showed that he could step in adequately. But you take a weapon like that out of an offense – You've got issues. Now, the question, given what we're talking about right now, is what impact does that have on Joe Mixon? And Joe Mixon is probably a top five, six, seven, eight back in the league. Does this help or does this hurt his fantasy value? And that's kind of the question I'll pose to you guys. Does this make Joe Mixon a more attractive option for you or do you leave him alone because you figure eh, it's a new offense, don't know what's going on? Um, I like Mixon a lot. Another player that I drafted one year too early, right? So, um, but Mick, Mixon's like Le'Veon Bell 2.0, right? I mean, he's almost the exact same player in many ways. <laughs> and I think the only thing that will keep him from being effective is how much they use him. Now, he's in his third year, right? Yep. I think that all that, his usage in terms of them trying to protect him and all that, which I've never understood because the younger you are... Well, he can't stay healthy. This is a guy that's missed time in both of his first two seasons. Um, so he's like Lev Bell in that way, too, because Lev Bell, we like to pretend he hasn't had injury issues. So I get what you're saying about Mixon and and them trying to protect him early on. See, I see, I see Cincinnati being that the core of that team on the offensive side is still very much still together, I guess. That in AJ Green, of course, him being gone is gonna hurt any situation with the way he stretches the field. But then I see going back to some of your earlier points about Saquon Barkley, I just see Mixon's use going through the roof. If he can stay healthy, I think he has a really All right, good season. The one thing that you're leaving out of the equation is that this is a new regime there in Cincinnati. I honestly think Zach Taylor is going to try to get the most out of every component of that offense. And the reason I'm not real high on Mixon right now is because Gio Bernard is in that backfield as well. And I think that what you're going to see from Cincinnati this year is akin to the Raiders back in the day, where you're going to see Joe Mixon sort of play that Marcus Allen role, where he's in there on third and short. He's in there on first and ten where you're playing against straight-up defenses. But I think that what you're going to see is 
Gio Bernard cherry picking some of those situations where they want to screen, they want to throw the swing pass, and they want to get him into space. And I think getting Gio Bernard into space as part of the offense is going to hurt Joe Mixon because I think Joe Mixon is going to spend an awful lot of time between the tackles. Yeah, I'll tell you, I agree with you 100%. If you're a number one back in the league, you got to hate it if you see that Gio Bernard's been signed to your team. One of the more frustrating, if we're talking about from this perspective of fantasy, is Gio Bernard not the one of the most frustrating players you've ever had on your team? Before? Well, he's he's almost a guy that you can't sign. You you can't put too much value in because you never know what this guy's going to do. He's going to go out one week and he's going to get you, you know, half a dozen catches, 80 yards on the ground and a couple of touchdowns and then for 2 weeks he's going to get nothing. Sort yeah. of, you know, he's almost in the in the same box as those Patriot backs. I do expect Zach Taylor and this new offensive staff in Cincinnati to try to find ways to get Gio Bernard the ball as the primary option as opposed to an afterthought, which is what he's kind of been in the past. They've tried to run gadget plays for him and, and you know, little shovel passes and this, that, and the other. I really think that this, this offense will be more horizontal and that they're going to try and spread the field a little bit more. And I think Gio Bernard will be the beneficiary of that, assuming, again, he can stay healthy because he's another guy that, that hadn't been able to stay on the field. And speaking of guys that can't stay on the field, Leonard Fournette. Fournette's going to be an interesting guy. Oh. This is going to be a guy that makes and breaks a lot of fantasy Ruined teams. Ruined my team last year. Because in the second or third round, Fournette is a guy that, when healthy, is you can lock him in. He's going to get 30 touches a week. But this dude can't stay on the football field. I'm already over Fournette. Yeah, You're me over too, it? dude. Yeah, After I'm last year, not touching it. I put him in the first round. He was the best guy available. Never again. All right, so I guess the last couple of people that we need to have a conversation about. Joe. Damian Williams with the Kansas City Chiefs. God. If you're a fantasy Ended my Super Bowl run. If you're a fantasy football player that is serious about what you do, you have got to be locked into Chiefs camp every single day to figure out who the number one back in that offense is. Because whether it's Damian Williams or whether it's Joe Snuffy, they're going to put up big points for you. You know, Andy Reid has found a way to take backs that nobody ever heard of before. Crystal Lambert, line up. Hey, I could get, and you know what? I could get yards in Andy Reid's system. Of course, the first time I got tackled, it'd be over. But for a couple of plays, you know, if I could skate out of bounds before somebody got me, I'd be good, man. I'd be straight. <laughs> But Damian Williams looks like he's going to be the guy in Kansas City. And if he is, by virtue of that and that alone, he's a top 10 back. But pay very, very careful attention to what the Chiefs are doing because I'm not 100% certain. They're not invested enough in Damian Williams that they've got to anoint him. So be very, very cognizant of what's going on with Andy Reid and that staff and checking that Chiefs depth chart because whoever the guy is has value as a top 10, top 12 running back. And then the very last cat we need to talk about in this list is Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb, I thought last year, I stole him in the mid-rounds and then dealt him in a trade I wish I had back because I I brought in Derrick Henry, who then all of a sudden couldn't get healthy. Um, And then after he did come back, put up about 600 yards in one game. So it was kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. But Nick Chubb is a guy on my bench. 
He put it up on my bench. I don't even. I I, I don't You're even welcome. feel bad for you. Um, we, we all thought you were crazy for having him on your bench last year during that one game. Nick, yeah, shut up, right? Nick Chubb is a guy that is looking as though he's going to be the number one option in Cleveland. That Cleveland team, despite all of the potential problems with chemistry and the rest of that Super Bowl. Oh God, no! That's not going to happen. That's my pick. Super is it really? Yes, sir. Okay. Nick Chubb is a guy that is going to get his touches. He has shown the ability to be both explosive and run between the tackles. And dare I say, he could be a breakout guy that's one of the top three or four backs in the league mm-hmm. this year. So keep your eye on Nick Chubb. So there, that's kind of – after that, I think it's a significant drop-off. Dalvin Cook may be in some people's mouths to be in that, but Cook, after a huge rookie season, couldn't do anything last year. Even when he came back and was supposedly healthy – he was trash. He's going to be a guy that you have to consider in that top dozen. Other than that, I don't think there's anybody I would really put into the conversation as the top ten backs. Guys, anybody you want to throw out there that we're, we're not talking about? Dalvin Cook's got more money than Adrian Peterson right now. Do you know that Adrian Peterson's broke? That doesn't surprise me. Um, In terms, I like the Jones kid. I had him from Green Bay last year. Oh. He, he was like, a, he was basically put on a regulator i don't know if it was a coach thing or something like that but he would he'd like break 15 yards off and then they would put him on the bench it was just very confusing but well, i like the coach that was that was aaron Rodgers. aaron's like hold on somebody's trying to you're right about thunder. that you're right hold you're right on. about we, that we can't have this dude getting hold headlines. on i gotta there's only one a a ron on this that's team. right that's right no yeah the what one philip Lindsay. Does the Broncos Lindsay, have a running back by committee. Philip Lindsay is a guy I would put in exactly the same category I did Damian Williams, and that's one that I'm looking at to see what's going on in Denver. He helped Brian a lot, or uh, Brandon. Yeah, a lot. my name's Brandon. That's okay. Brian, how'd that happen? Yeah, you know, uh, Philip Lindsay been doing this for three years. I don't, I don't know. know who Philip he is. Lindsay's a keeper this year for somebody's team in our league. Cool. Wow. So well, is Andrew they Luck? Pay off, they may not. I don't know if Lindsay is the guy or not. There, there's a bunch of young backs there in Denver, and that's one to keep an eye on moving forward is to, you know, if it's Lindsey, I like Lindsey. I do too. I, I'm I'm a little concerned about Lindsey's ability to run between the tackles in space. Got good burst. He runs angry. Um, we'll see. You know, but I wouldn't put him in the top 10. No. Maybe top 15. Not no. 10, 10. Maybe top 15. And then, of course, now what I keep saying we're going to get out of this segment, but Melvin Gordon. Yeah. If Gordon's back in camp, Gordon's a top 12 back. Gordon is acting as if he's one of the top three backs in the league, and that's kind of silly to me. Um, but Gordon has all the leverage in the world because this Chargers team, when you look at that team up and down on both sides of the football, this Charger team should be one of the favorites in the AFC. You subtract Melvin Gordon from that Super equation. Bowl. Dude, two AFC teams can't go to the Super Bowl. It doesn't work that way. This year they will. Oh, okay. So Trent is going on the record. He's making our first. No, he's making our first Super Bowl prediction. And he's got the Browns Bron- and the Chargers LA in the Super Bowl versus Cleveland. I think baby. he's got. I think Super he's Bowl. got the Chargers, the Browns, and the Broncos in the Super no, Bowl. No, I don't have the Broncos in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, they're gonna they're gonna lose to the Cowboys in the AFC Championship. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be two AFC teams in the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Um, honestly, I don't think it's gonna be either the Chargers or the Browns from the AFC. But uh, this Chargers team... What? Brady retired, gonna, right? Yeah, right. 
if they're going to make one more run at a, at a Super Bowl, this is it. This has got to be it. I mean, Philip Rivers. I, I was talking about you know Eli Manning being a thousand years old. Philip Rivers is about a thousand years old as well. Um, this has got to be the time. And and Rivers is a guy. Here's my question. Here, this this is a perfect transition to get away from running backs for all the non fantasy football fans that are out there. Is Philip Rivers the Hall of Famer today? Yes. Not today. I, I guess who's got more passing yards than Philip Rivers though? Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Cool. Eli Number Manning's eight. been in the league. Number eight, all the same time. amount of time as Philip Rivers. So don't play that. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah they got drafted they have, together and traded for each other. Yeah. No, but Philip Rivers sat behind Drew Brees for a couple years. No. You better check yourself. One year. It check yourself. It was two. No, it wasn't. I'm positive. Let's wrap, I'm not positive. Let's wrap this up, man. It's getting ugly. Wow. Just like that? I love yeah. Philip Rivers. So, Philip Rivers, Brandy, you say he's in the Hall of Fame. Trent, is today. No. I agree with you, Trent. Unfortunately. In, a day, in this day and age. Where Super Bowls mean so much. Right? He hasn't even sniffed. He hasn't even He hasn't even been to an AFC championship. I, I, just I don't think. think. But if you're like, like if so you're either. ninth, which he'll probably move up the charts. No, he won't. If, if you're ninth in all-time passing yards and like eighth all-time in touchdown uh, scores. And passing. second in most kids in the NFL. But I'm just saying, well, yeah, that too. You okay, got then, to be in the. You got to be in the Hall of Fame. Do you? Dude. Because yeah, man. by the time it's all said and done, Matt Stafford's going to be in those places. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think you said Matt Stafford's numbers. a Hall of Famer too. If if he's if he has that, you know, if he has those stats, I mean, look at these guys. Is Dan Marino in the Hall of Fame? Marino is a completely different animal. No, but is he in the Hall of Fame? Yes. yes. Or no? Yeah. Okay. Big, Big Ben's about to pass him in yards probably here pretty pretty soon. So is Eli. It, well, maybe a, Eli. It's a maybe completely different era. If Eli, I mean Dan it, Marino was thrown for four thousand yards, where nobody'd ever that wasn't even a thing. All right. Well, then why even keep stats then? You know. What uh, I mean? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm saying that when you're looking at it historically, that's one thing. But you have to look them relative to guys in their same era. Okay, I was and wrong. And Philip Rivers. Oh, oh, you were wrong. Yeah, How long did right. Philip Rivers sit behind Drew Brees? Two years. Exactly. So. Here's the thing: is that the statistics, and I'm not trying to take away from from Philip Rivers. That's why you have this conversation. But of the quarterbacks in this era, over the last 15 years that have played in the NFL, how many of them are going to the the Hall of Fame that have not won a Super Bowl? Name me anybody other than Philip Rivers is in that conversation. Peyton Manning got his. Brady's got his. Breeze got his. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers got his. Big Roethlisberger ben. got his. Manning is Eli is going to get in the Hall of Fame because he won two Super Bowls. Oh. I don't think Eli Manning is worthy of being in the in the dude, Hall of Fame. His stats but he's are in. so crazy off the charts, dude. Y'all, y'all need to go. What, what, I mean, what when you say his stats are off the charts? What do you mean? His total yards? He's top ten in yards. He's top ten in dude. TVs. He's been a starter in the NFL for a million years. So and, is Marino. But other than okay, but other than the two Super Bowl years. Eli Manning's been pretty ordinary, and he wasn't even particularly great in either of those years. He just happened to get really, really hot he at put, the right time he and put win a Super football Bowl. Football right on Tyree's head, dude. Man. Right on his head. I, I know. I mean, like, like on a rope. Put so, it right on his. I, I mean, I'm not. Sa- I'm saying that Eli Manning is going into the into the Hall of Fame. But other than Philip Rivers from this era in the last 15 years or so. Give me one example of a quarterback that's going to the Hall of Fame that has not been 
Is Tony Romo? Romo, no chance is yeah, Romo going to the I Hall of Fame. I don't think so either. Um, give me two. Hmm. How about Matt Ryan? Nope. Matt Ryan at least has been to a Super Bowl. And no, I don't think Matt Ryan gets in if he doesn't. He's not in that era. He's younger. We got to end this segment or Costin's going to kill us. But uh, one thing. Dante This Culpepper. dude just said, we got to get Dante out of here Culpepper. now. Dante Culpepper. Bean say, Town comes with Dante uh, Culpepper. The biggest Come argument, on, dude. The biggest argument against Rivers is the fact that he had Tomlinson on his team and they never got it done. Yeah, exactly. Booyah. With Sean Merriman and all the – I mean, come on, dude. He had – that that San Diego team before they were L.A., they had a couple of years with Marty the Schottenheimer out there. Si- was sick. They were, what, 14-2 and two with Schottenheimer? Yes. No, that was the Chiefs. And they fired him. All right. We, we've, we've lost control. We're off the rails. You're listening from the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. Jake Plummer, Hall of Famer, Appreciate Broncos. you hanging out with us. We got about, I don't know, 35 minutes to go. Stay tuned. From the Cheap Seats, we'll be right back. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 
180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats, a bunch of guys who have never been fired from ESPN. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seas. Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent A. Nichols in the house. Brandon, this better be good. All right, so uh, I told the guys on the break I have a little content, uh, content contribution coming up. So let me give you some rankings of the ACC schools in North Carolina, and I want you to tell me what I'm ranking them for, okay? All right. So NC State's number one. Coming in at number two, you have Wake Forest. Number three is Carolina, and dead last is Duke University. Do you have any idea in which which area I'm ranking these schools? All right, so you had NC State, State, Wake Forest, Forest, Carolina, Carolina, and then then Duke. Duke. Recruiting Uh, classes for this year. Not even a good guess, Trent. Thank you. I'm going to say... The number of times they've been on probation. Attendance records. No. No, because Wake's both. No. Go ahead. All right. So, you know, in the state of North Carolina, it is now legal for these schools to be serving alcohol in the stadiums, right? Yeah. I'll start from the bottom up. Duke is saying that they're just not going to allow that in their stadium. Absolutely Huge mistake, in my opinion. Well, here's here's what Duke ought to do. Duke ought to. I, I've, I honestly believe that Duke ought to cut a deal with Universal Studios and rename their stadium Harry Potter World. And they should not only sell beer; they should sell it in plastic collectible mugs. And it's their Harry beer, Potter style. Their beer is called Patronus. Yes. Well. <laughs> And I'll go up to, and I'll go up to NC State, but Duke is simply not even considering it. And and they didn't even have to have this law passed because Wake Forest, who comes in at number two, a couple of years ago started serving beer in there. So their how stadium. is NC State ahead of Wake Forest? And I'll tell you exactly why. Carolina is still somehow pondering it, which has them in at third, but they haven't ruled it out. Which I thought as soon as it was it was going to be legal, Carolina is going to be selling beer, but they haven't come out with any kind of official statement. And I'm I'm thinking that you know Carolina just sold out their stadium for this year, which you know I don't think has happened in 15 years. And I think it was an anticipation of them coming out and saying, "Yes, we're going to be selling beers in the stadium." But if the reason NC State comes in first is because they actually they took this ball and didn't just say, "Okay, we're going to sell beer in the stadium in Carter Finley," they actually merger like they actually came together with New Belgium and came out with their own beer what? called Old Tuffy. Now, if you don't know what Tuffy is, Tuffy is the actual wolf with his dukes put up like this, and it's an old-school brand. And uh, that's why they come in number one, because not only are they selling beer, but they came out with their own beer with New Belgium. I mean, how cool is that? That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I don't know that... See, you're 
talking about rankings, I think that was very subjective and very arbitrary because NC State probably should have been number one anyway because they're the one of those three schools that allow you to leave the stadium and come back in, which you know promotes drinking anyway. And the one thing I'll say about UNC is that Chapel Hill must have a very strong restaurant and bar association. That can be that. That's the only way this can make sense. Is that the folks downtown are like, oh, whoa, 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 you gonna cut into those Saturday profit margins? That's the only thing I can think that makes sense for UNC to be not all in with beer sales. Is there a stadium near all the bars? No, it's a it's a it's a shuttle ride away. So the the way you go to UNC games is you go downtown, you get lit, and then you shuttle it over to the stadium. Because UNC, once you're in, you are in, sir. You well, cannot go back out. Yeah, yeah. You can't leave the stadium if you you can't leave and come back in. And then Carter Finley, you can, but nobody does. <laughs> it's the best place to watch college football. Well, I'm not going to go that, that far. Whole it's complex, a great, I will. It's that a whole great place. Is great. It's a great UNC place to watch. They say the atmosphere. Um, Coach Dorn says the atmosphere is as good as anywhere in the country for the first and second period, and then everybody leaves. Yeah, after after halftime, everybody's, you know, they're going out there. And Trent, now, you do I have the f- option to get back, and hopefully NC State's playing good enough football that people will come back in. But I, I love it, the the deal with, and, and that snuck under my radar. I didn't know they'd signed a deal with New Old Tuffy, dude. Dope. I think it's a lager, too. So I'm, it's like. I mean, I'm sure it's a it's a, a light lager or a, a pills. Yeah, it's a, so it's a, sort of in, being in the summer type of beer yeah. where you can, like, chug a couple of those. I'm, I'm going to be like one of those, you know, the old school championship bottles. You never open it. You just put it in your room somewhere. I'm going to get a bottle, a can of Old Tuffy and just tuck it away. And show it to my grandkids someday. Cool. But I actually turned Chris on to one of my, my UNC Chapel Hill hacks. I took him to a, a game a few years ago. The, the way to do it is to go to Carolina Brewery. You go there, and if you spend a certain amount of money, I think it's like 40 bucks or something like that, you get a free bus ticket. And so you get all fueled up at Carolina Brewery, eat a little something, which is, you know, it's not like stadium food, which is mostly crappy, but you get a little good. You get a good meal, and I'm not getting paid to say this, but you you eat and you drink and you get a fueled up, and then they even let you take your beer on the bus as you're what? going over there, and then you go, and then they pick you up after the game, and not having to deal with parking or anything. So that's one of my. You're welcome, Chris. I've never been to a uh, football game here in colleges here in North Carolina. I will say that. That is, I am disappointed with Duke because that to me is the best venue in North Wallace Carolina. Wade, yeah. Wallace really Wade is a beautiful complex. Yeah. Um, but when you're a private institution who has, you know, more money than anybody, alcohol revenues just aren't a thing. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, they're obviously paying the bills over there at Duke. Um, they can't be bothered with the liability and and all the rest of that and and I don't know maybe it's a way that they think you know it, it's still exclusive. I don't know. I would if I was at Duke and I was the athletic director, I was the president of the college. I would be trying to come up with more ways to get people to attend Duke football games because Duke under David Cutcliffe has had some really really good seasons. And every time I've been there, with one exception, and that was a Thursday night game against Miami. 
I've been disappointed with the crowd at Wallace Wade. I think they need to. Uh, I think I figured out how to solve that. They need to put cheetahs in the stands. <laughs> you beat me to it. You know the thing about it though is, but in the stands, wouldn't that dissuade people from? They need to put cheetahs in the community, and then cheetah hunters outside the stadium. So if you get just, into the stadium, you're safe. You know, I just I mean? watched that movie Crawl, and as horrible as it was, alligators would be fun. Out you in the didn't outfield. really watch that movie. Did yeah, you? I took my youngest daughter Friday night. Don't you like see the whole free. movie in the? You're encouraging bad behavior. It was free. Don't you see the whole movie in the um, commercial? I mean, Pretty it's much. the whole movie. Yes. I enjoyed it. I don't care. I must have been in that kind of mood. It was so ridiculous that I laughed and made jokes the whole time. So me and my daughter had a plot. Have you guys? <laughs> have you guys seen Spider Man yet? No. Yes. It's not bad. It's not good. I haven't seen it. I've really? seen you a didn't Toy like Story it? 4. See, all right, l- listen, listen to me, And it's Brandon. all about the very timing. carefully when I say this. Okay, it's all about in, the timing of it, too. In, I'll explain. In terms of your movie reviews, as it applies to superhero movies, I put zero credibility Why? in your statements anymore. <laughs> you absolutely talked me out of seeing Captain Marvel because you said it was a trash movie. It's not <laughs> a trash movie. It's all right. It's just all right. It's dude. not a great it's garbage, movie. dude. You know what's going to be one of the best comic book movies ever? What? The Joker is looking bad. Listen. Listen to me. Hold on, Costin. You're shaking your head at me, dude. Hold on. The whole the whole movie of Captain Marvel is she doesn't even know her own power. And then she just reaches back and takes like a chip out. Oh, I never noticed this in the shower. No, no, she knew the chip was there, but she didn't understand. And now Why I can would like she have thought up to that point that the Kree were against her and trying to limit her power. She didn't dude, have any way to know that. One time I had put on this pair of jeans and I didn't realize I had a Frutilay chip in my pocket. You know, it just happened. No, the whole time I let every time I take a shower now, I ch- I'm checking for my chip in my back that I never noticed. Well, so one I can of these be a days super when you actually find the chip and pull it out. You're going to feel kind of stupid. But I no, like, I, Captain Marvel was not a great superhero movie, but it was cool, and it fit in, and there is a Captain Marvel 2 coming, and I am looking forward to it, and I'm good. Spider-Man was okay. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal hadn't you know, become a part of the Marvel Universe. I was surprised that they killed Mysterio off like they did. But that's <laughs> kind of you know, the way it goes. Well, you know, this is all spoiler. Oh, yeah. My, my bad. Oh, shoot. I didn't mean to do I that. I wouldn't watch it. I don't like Marvel movies. The thing I didn't like about Dude. Spider-Man, and I'll, I'll try to be fair, okay? It's the first Marvel movie that came after Endgame. Okay? Let me repeat that. It's the first movie that came after Endgame. And then they come up with this, what's this, Mysterio, dude? They didn't come up with Mysterio as Myster- one of the all-time great comic Myster- book villains. Mysterio yeah, that's one of my favorite Def Leppard like, he's, albums. He's got, like, <laughs> smoke and mirrors and cameras and stuff, and buildings are falling, and, and never nobody notices that the buildings are still standing the next no, day. No, 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 I mean, the buildings were falling. The drones that were projecting were also doing damage as they went. Now I understand. Now I understand. It was just too complicated a concept. It's just you wrap your head around. There was the actual damage was going on. The drones were doing multiple things at one time. Yeah, they had lasers and blasters. No, I understand that and cameras that were projecting. So it was all an elaborate illusion. And and what they did was they took Mysterio, who was able to do those type things in the comic books, and they sort of modernized it. And moved it into 2019 where drones were a thing. Back in the day when Mysterio was one of the great comic book villains, there were no drones. 
So, I mean, I guess that's my point is that you go from being a huge part in toppling Thanos to some dude with overhead projectors on drones. Woo, look at all this. Look at all these but images. Here, but here's It's the, just kind of it was a letdown. That's why I think Marvel got it right with this movie. Is they kind of ran the Avengers into the ground because they started so high. And they had back-to-back movies where the Avengers were legitimately saving the entire planet. You, where do you go from there? So Spider-Man is the perfect the vehicle. The no, Spider-Man is a perfect vehicle because if you're a Spider-Man fan from back in the day, Spider-Man wasn't saving the planet. Spider-Man was fighting bank robbers and people trying to kill MJ. That's where they need to kind of reset this to. You can't go. It's like Green Lantern. They roll Green Lantern out, and Green Lantern saves the entire universe in the first movie. What, what do you do for the sequel? I watched about. What do you? I mean, there's I watched, nowhere to go from there. I watched about 30 minutes of that movie, and with click, I'm done. Green I, that Lantern movie was so horrible. Green Lantern was bad. And Costin, stop agreeing with Chris, and and dude. good for Ryan Reynolds. Good for Ryan Reynolds that he made a comeback and actually did himself justice with Deadpool. I can't wait for the next Deadpool movie. But now, you know, Phase 4 has been announced for the MCU. And you've got TV shows being announced for this new Disney, what do they call it, Disney Plus that comes out in November. So there's a, a Winter Soldier and Falcon television show. There's a Hawkeye show. They're going to do The Eternals as a movie, which is I'm a little concerned about because The Eternals, that's that's one of those where, you know, you break glass in case of universe in danger type things. But Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek lead the cast of The Eternals. That's going to be Ooh, an interesting flick. Foxes. Yeah, it's it's going to be wild. There's well, a Black did, Widow movie coming a down. Thor movie with, uh, what's her name? Thor Natalie movie. Portman. Yep. Did you um did you hear about the alternative ending for Captain America in the ending end game and how disturbing it was? Do you know originally they had Thanos decapitating Captain America? That would have been awesome. Costin's talking to us like anybody out there can hear. So we what he said was the 2012 version of Captain America would have been one getting decapitated. I think that's a little excessive. <laughs> you think? But as as you're talking about bad Marvel movies, and you put Captain Marvel in that, I, all I have to say is Captain Marvel was superior to any of the Captain America movies. So that that's where I, I've kind of got Captain Marvel in the middle. I've got Spider-Man far and away a little bit higher than that. And here, I know I'm in the minority. I like the new Spider-Man with Tom Holland. I like this better than any of the old Spider-Man resets. I just hope this is it. No more resets for Spider-Man. He says he's had hints that he's only going to do an, another movie or two. Whatever, Man. dude. That kid, what else has he got going on? The Joker. What's he What's he going to do? Is My he going to go gonna be like, like the, the kid on. from Harry Potter? He's going to go, what, what's that dude been in other than Harry Potter movies? He's got so much money. Daniel, he's, what's his name? He's 30 now, Daniel Ratcliffe. Daniel Ratcliffe. He, yeah, I don't think there's too much demand for that dude. Ride that out as long as you can ride it and get you some some Tony Stark money out of this franchise. You know, Robert Downey Jr., oh my God. What's the best way to go out besides saying, I'm Iron Man, and then dying? I mean, that's the coolest thing right. ever, right? I, there is After no better way. After you killed Thanos. There is no better way. <laughs> 
I didn't. And this see dude's it. made hundreds of millions of dollars for his portrayal of Iron Man. Tom Holland needs to take a page out of that book. You know, I remember Alec Baldwin a few years ago saying, "You know, if somebody paid me twenty million dollars to do a film, I'd do one more movie, and that's it." Guys like that that have been around for forever, they look and they see the Tom Cruises of the world getting twenty, twenty-five, thirty million dollars a flick, and they're like, "Oh God, Tom Holland, get that money, be be Spider Man, run around in your in your your <laughs> your Tights. pajamas for a couple more years, get that money." Um, I am a Marvel nut you're talking about joker from the dc universe dc i've been burnt too many times too many times i can't take it again i'm not willing to get on board with the joker i will watch it with an open mind but you're you're talking about the same the same comic book series dc ruined suicide squad how do you even do that Suicide Squad was the coolest thing to ever come down the pipeline for DC. It was meant to be the most awesome movie of all time, and you destroyed it. Dude, the Christian Bale Batman's best DC of all time. Agreed. Agreed. I think that I, I think that Christian Bale. So, so what's worse? I don't mean to interrupt, but what's worse is the raspy, fake Christian Bale Batman voice better or is the ben affleck mechanical are you even kidding me right now what's better <laughs> I, I'm, I tried to ask that with a serious are you even kidding me i right used now? to think that this show was a tragedy but now i know it's a comedy Cr- christian bill just asked which is better i know the Come christian on. bale or ben affleck Oh, no, I'm not talking about the Batmans. Christian Bale takes it by a mile. He's talking about the voice. I'm talking about the voice. I mean, is it the the synthesized Ben Affleck voice? or Everything is it the about Christian Bale's Batman is better. Christian Bale's Batman was better. Absolutely. You gotta right. talk like this. Absolutely. Not I, I mean, there's, there's, there's absolutely ben no Affleck question, and I'm not going to entertain any statement from anyone that Christian Bale is not a superior Batman. I like the Superman the better only, than Man of Steel. The only big screen Batman in the modern era, because you, you would have to exclude Adam West from this conversation, the only one, the only conversation there is to have is whether Christian Bale or Michael Keaton, or Michael Keaton is the better Batman. Ooh. That's it. Talk about a transformation, dude. Like, Michael Keaton, when I heard he was in that role, I was like, oh my God, what are right. you doing? And you put him in the suit. Homeboy was... Right, I I just can't. Robert Pattinson. He goes from. I'm done talking now. We're going to break. He goes from. You're listening to from the to cheap seats. We talk about James Pattinson and Ben Affleck. Everything that's wrong with Hollywood and superhero movies. I'm depressed. I may not make it back from this break. the Cheap Seats is a production of Cheap Seat Media, LLC, broadcast locally on WFJA 105.5 FM. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. 
So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrity's on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Check her out. Oh, man. I like that. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law, and that's a fact. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio or visit us at www.cheapseatradio.com. All right, last little bit left. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You can find us on the web at cheapseatradio.com. Everything we ever do on the air is committed to the internet as a podcast. Subscribe. Like, share, introduce all your friends. That's something, that's the gift that keeps on giving. There's a lot of, a lot of media genres where gifts are solicited. We don't want you to send us your money. We'll take it if you do. We don't need you to call it in. We don't need you to do anything for us except spend five seconds on your mobile device that you're glued to all the time anyway. The Christian Bell Batman. And share the word that is from the cheap seats with your people. <laughs> 
Christian, we'll start doing some giveaways. Christian Bale wants you to go onto the internet and listen to our show. So, so apparently Robert Pattinson is signed up to be the new Batman. Is there anybody that's excited about that? Other does than he shimmer in the sunlight as Batman? That's a good question. I'm wondering: Is Kristen Stewart going to be Catwoman? Is she going to be Batgirl? What, what what's going on? Vicky here? Vale. Vicky Vale. Vic Vic Vicky Vale. So we were talking about the Batman movies earlier, and and Michael Keaton. Here's here's the issue: is that every year that goes by. There's less and less argument that can be made in favor of Michael Keaton. Have you guys watched any of the original Batman movies lately? No. They don't the hold up well, man. <clears throat> no. They you don't know. hold up well because they're so 80s specific. Where it's late 80s, where it's big hair, it, it, they just don't hold up well. And that pains me to say that because I love those movies. I love Michael Keaton as Batman, but they really just don't. But they were up. so hot at the time. They, oh my God, dude, Jack, uh, man, Jack Nicholson is as the Joker. Come on, dude, are you kidding me? I mean, they're great, and the Bat Dance soundtrack that Prince put together, amazing. Vicky Vale, Vic, Vic, Vicky Vale. That was the bomb, dude. It was. It was amazing. Bat Dance. It's it, that is amazing. But I, I look at that, and then I look at the the Christian Bale movies. Those Christian Bale movies are kind of timeless. They're just awesome action movies. The Batman and, and, is it? I don't know if it's Batman Returns, but the one with Bane in it. I think that's like my favorite all time. It's a good one. You, you can, I can watch that over and over again. That's yeah. just a good movie, dude. You were you were tr- forever at Batman Forever. You were trained in the darkness. I was born in it. You know Bane. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> no, he doesn't. This, this dude, Costin, is in our ear, and and he's killing me. I I, I can only do one thing at one time. <laughs> but that's where I, all I, of our best content comes from. Yeah, right. Well, the 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 question I have is that Marvel at some point is going to redo the Fantastic Four. Why? Why? Is there anybody got there clamoring for the Fantastic Four? You get two bites at the apple, and you get two times standing up that franchise one of those you had jessica alba as one of your centerpieces and you screw it up smoke show dude now there are rumors out there that michael b jordan who has appeared as a superhero or villain a couple of times now might be the next superman i think the fast for me and you guys know all these characters i don't the thing that for me is the in the Fantastic Four, the villain was so confusing. Like, I mean, which one, Silver Surfer? No, yeah, maybe it's Silver Surfer, and then there was the other guy that was all in metal with the Doctor Doctor Doom. But Silver Surfer was I just I can't stand almost unbeatable villains or unbeatable. That's why I like Batman so much because the dude he's got some you know he's vulnerable in some areas. But that and that's another reason I don't like Captain Marvel is because. Captain Marvel can fly through spaceships, through a whole fleet of spaceships. Well, well let's, let's examine what we're talking about here, because that's funny the way you contradicted yourself. Oh, that, that brings me joy. We were talking about Spider-Man, and your criticism was, well, you know, the Avengers saved the, the whole planet, and now Spider-Man's fighting some dude that's just tearing down buildings. Batman. Batman was not supposed to be a save-the-universe type cat. Batman was fighting the Penguin who was trying to, you know poison 
you know, a water supply somewhere or the Joker who was trying to rob banks. That's cool. That's fine. You don't need to save the universe to capture my interest and get my attention. And I'm cool with that. Bane coming down. Yeah, Bane held Gotham City hostage. Got that. But nobody's trying to destroy the universe. You know what I mean? I'm all right with that. Now, here is my... I'm just saying, coming off the heels of Endgame, it was just poorly timed. Endgame was too big. The Avengers, and I said it with the Age of Ultron, and then when they went into this whole Endgame thing, I had this conversation with people. Too big, too much. You've got nowhere to go. And now that Endgame has come and gone, and the Avengers have saved literally... Half of the beings in the universe, you don't see any other Avengers movies planned. Because what are they going to do next? Are they going to fly to somebody else's universe and save it? There's nowhere to go. Captain America's retired, dude. dude he, he's like in a wheelchair. He, he's not retired. He's replaced. Oh, yeah. He did get replaced. Yeah, he's been replaced. And everybody's replaceable. But they, they need to just stick with this. Roll on. The, the Black Widow movie that's coming in is going to be a prequel where they're going to kind of stick it in before Endgame, I believe. But I'm excited to see what comes down the pipe, and I don't get too wrapped up in, well, it doesn't match comic books, whatever. Just give me a good product. Well, you know what will be disappointing for me is if they try to reboot this group of superheroes in Marvel and then another villain that we didn't know about during the Thanos time that's more powerful than Thanos comes out of the woodwork. Wait Wait till the Eternals comes. Thanos was not the most powerful villain to come through the comics in in Marvel by any stretch of the imagination. You've got Galactus. You've got um, Ultimus. uh, I mean, there's plenty of things that are going to come through. And the Eternals, you ain't even ready for the Eternals. I guess The Eternals aren't superheroes. They're like titans. They're like demigods. It's a whole other thing. That's why I'm interested to see where the Eternals fits in with the rest of the Marvel Universe that they've built so far. And it's kind of, people don't know, but when Netflix stood up all the Defender series with Iron Man and, and um, or Iron Man, Iron Fist, with Luke Cage, with Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, the idea was that they were going to interface the Defenders with the Avengers as part of Infinity Wars and Endgame, and they elected not to, and the reason is is that Daredevil and Punisher and the rest of them are messing with bank robbers and street thugs, and it's kind of hard for them to parlay that into saving the entire universe. You don't think Iron Fist wouldn't have anything for Thanos? I think Iron Fist, (laughs) the greatest power Iron Fist had was making the worst of all of the hero television shows that have come through the Marvel Universe. Um, They should write him off. He should be the first of the heroes from Marvel that is killed off and never brought back. Chop his that's iron fist off. And and Disney, if you're listening, anybody from ABC or Disney that's listening, when you stand up this new pay service in November, all we want is for you to keep Daredevil and Luke Cage going. Bring them back. Please don't kill those series. I thought Luke so Cage good. was a country singer. <laughs> Luke Cage started off strong the series and then kind of... It, it, it kind of lost its way. In the last 60 seconds, Idris Elba has been rumored to be every superhero and action hero, every franchise at some point, Idris Elba's name comes into the conversation. Never In 60 seconds, person. tell me, give me the best fit as a superhero or action hero for Idris, Idris Elba. Tom Hardy. There's one. I don't even know who Idris Elba is. 
What? Yeah. He's the, what are you, he's what are the you new James about? Bond, bro. Oh, Tom Hardy. Tom. What? Tom Hardy should be James Bond. No, we weren't talking about. What are you doing? You just completely jacked that question. Yeah. Idris Elba is an actor. Oh, I've never heard of him. You cannot really be serious no, right seriously, now. Seriously, I am. I don't he's know. A, he's out here selling guns. Brandon, he somebody with three functional brain cells, give me the best fit for Idris Elba. If you were going to put him in one role, well, regardless of whether somebody good is playing it or not, what role dude, is Idris Elba? I'll make Elba? it real quick. That guy could play anything. I, I can't come up with one role. That I was kind of my point. I think James... I think James Bond is a perfect role for him. I know it's not like a fictitious. Well, that's not going to happen. You do know that, right? Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's a, it's a black female that's been anointed as the new Bond, and social media has blown up um, with people that are against it and people that are for it and people that are concerned they're going to try and turn her into a Bond girl. It's going to be very interesting to see, hmm, but no, that's been done. And we will cover that next time around, and I'll explain this question to you guys again because you've completely ruined the segment. I am Krista Lambert. This That's is funny, Brandon Hallie. Atkins. We ruined the 60-second segment. Professor Trent A. Nichols and his angry nonsense produced today by Beantown. We are out. Peace! That guy's old. Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.